volunteer work is one thing which is catching my eye since the time I landed in this land. And I probably feel we also come from a land wherein working for the others, serving for the betterment of the society was something which was put into us, put into the culture very deeply and intricately. It was woven inside it. So when getting through the cultures, the main thing which a person consciously or unconsciously is wanting is the psychological safety. So with that courage and the kind of psychological safety, how could that be increased is when you are putting yourself 100% into a zone. You're trying to give your 100%. That's the kind of zone which you get into. And that's the kind of zone which helps you retrieve the best. Whatever you put in comes up manifold. You get a manifold result for the same. Hello and welcome to episode 46 of Intercultural Insiders. My name is John McGraw and I help newcomers, expats, and businesses connect across cultures to succeed in less time and pain. I am the founder of Yaku Coaching, which is dedicated to helping you create your pathway to success in a new culture. The purpose of Intercultural Insiders is to share the stories of people with intercultural experiences. If you're feeling isolated or lost, you can hear something from the guest experiences that could help you, even if it's just a reminder that you're not alone. Today, I'm happy to share part two of the conversation with Tanvi Sukija. But before that, I wanted to mention my appearance on Cafe New Canadians. I had an excellent discussion with top LinkedIn career development coaching voice, Swait Aregmi and host Shruti Dargan about increasing your employability as a newcomer to Canada. That episode is now available on the New Canadians YouTube channel. I recommend tuning in to find out more. And with that said, let's talk about our guest, Tanvi. This is part two, a two-part interview. Tanvi has 10 years plus of experience in project management, corporate training, human resource development, coaching, and adult teaching domains, including certified career, success, relationship, and woman empowerment with an expertise in neurolinguistic programming. She has extensive experience in the field of human resources, talent management, and coaching with a focus on project management and leadership. Some of the things that we talk about in today's episode include the ripple effect, where Tanvi stresses the importance of leaving a positive impact on others. The power of volunteering, which Tanvi sees as a karmic connection. Whatever good you do will come back to you manifold. Aligning skills with job requirements. Tanvi highlights the need for introspection and aligning one's career goals with the job being applied for. And finally, the soup and the snake. Tanvi shares a story about a monk and a snake, emphasizing how our perspectives can affect our truth. Let's get into part two of our conversation with Tanvi Sukija.
the base is the same, but the icing is different. I like that cake analogy that you use. I think communication does vary. In some cultures, there is sometimes more emphasis on years of experience. Whereas in Canada, it's more about the skills. What is it that you can do as opposed to where it is that you've worked and for how long. It is a two-edged sword, which can be used either in your benefit or could be used against you. If the Canadian workplace culture is actually focusing on the skills more than the credentials, it is a win-win situation for all. If the skills are the main focus point, what wrong could we do with that? More than the credentials, you are a person who is actually termed by the type of skills. At the end of the day, the entire team efforts, the entire team vision, mission, and the goals are achieved only if the skill set is right for the team. So why not focus on the skills? Why not focus? Why not shine through the skills you're wanting through a job? That's the greatest factor that the Canadian enterprises, the Canadian organization provided to you in about three to four sentences. You're told that this is the kind of thing I want from you. It's the easiest relationship I think you can build through. More than wanting the credentials, more than wanting the people, you would always see that you have a Mercedes parked in your uh, garage. It has got a punctured tire. What is the fun of having a punctured Mercedes when you cannot take it for a drive? If the skill set is not right, even the biggest of big credentials, even the highest of high credentials wouldn't do any good to the organization. And that is not just the Canadian workplace culture, John. That's the space where I come from. Sometimes the kind of training and development the people need always surpasses the kind of the budget the company has to provide for the training and development. Then why take it for a ride? Why take the company budget for a ride? Why to take it for a toss? Rather than bringing the skill set, having a great communication, and letting the people know that you're a great fit for the organization. It is a great culture of practice, which I've seen in Canada, that skills are the main things which are talked about. I'm sure that maybe through some of your own experiences or through those people that you've helped, you may have had a few things that would be helpful to remember or perhaps some things to avoid. I've always been by the SHR rule. One, you're seen, you're heard, and you're remembered. If everybody goes by this particular rule that you're being seen, you're being heard, and you're being remembered, you're probably leaving an impact. Every time we step out into the world, we should always be sure about leaving a legacy. There is a younger generation which is always on the lookout for what exactly is happening around them. So that's a monkey see and a monkey do culture. They would actually see you and they would actually imbibe the intricacies. Why provide a bad example? Whatever we do, leaves a great impact. So that kind of attitude that whatever you do should be for the greater benefit, should be for the greater good. That shall always create ripples. One should be very much clear in the mind that whatever I do is creating a ripple effect. That ripple effect needs to be seen, needs to be unconsciously managed. That's what happens. That will take us places. Creating a ripple effect and doing what you can and creating a legacy. And to me, I feel that ties into well, the importance of volunteer work, not only on a personal level, but also the emphasis that's put on volunteer work in Canada. So what could you say to that? John, again, volunteer work is one thing which is catching my eye since the time I landed in this land. 
And I probably feel we also come from a land where in working for the others, serving for the betterment of the society was something which was put into us, put into the culture very deeply and intricately. It was woven inside it. So when getting through the cultures, the main thing which a person consciously or unconsciously is wanting is the psychological safety. So with that courage and the kind of psychological safety, how could that be increased is when you are putting yourself 100% into a zone. You're trying to give your 100%. That's the kind of zone which you get into. And that's the kind of zone which helps you retrieve the best. Whatever you put in comes up manifold. You get a manifold result for the same. So that's my mantra when we get into some zone like that. Working for others will yield the best outcomes in the coming times. That's what we need to teach our younger generation. Volunteer work has a baseline. That whatever you're doing for the others, it's a good karma. Whatever good you've done will come back manifold. So that's what we need to show to the world. That's what we need to show the younger generation. That whatever good is done will come back to you. I always say, when you're a humankind, you are denoted by the word humankind. You have to be both. You have to be a human. You have to be kind. So that's when kindness increases. Volunteering teaches you a lot of virtues. You get into the zone. You get your hands dirty working day in and day out for the people who want it the most. And then it brings up the best results. I think on some level, it's also the sense that people are aware of what you do. And in some ways, the reasons for you doing that. And when they can sense that, they're more likely to help you. And I think also it helps to create a positive outlook. I feel when you're in a more positive frame of mind, you are more open to opportunities because you're less stuck in whatever story you might be creating in your head. I'm glad you resonate with the same idea. That has been the kind of thought process when it comes to thinking about how to live a life. Who will cry when you die? That's been the kind of mantra. When you were thinking of doing the deeds, you just remembered the, uh, the S and the H in the R. You were seen, you're heard, but you will not be remembered. You'll be remembered only for the kind deeds you've done. I would want to mention Hazel McKellen. She's been a great torchbearer in that zone. She's done a lot. I was fortunate enough to learn more about the kind of work she'd done for the community, the kind of work she brought forward to the table. Voluntary services will do wonders for the world together. It's something which binds the world together, the volunteer services. You get together and you're good to go. I'd like to talk a little bit more about the work that you've done and that you're currently doing. For example, you have mentioned that you've done and are still doing a lot of work with immigrant women. I would be glad to share that thing on this great platform. So at present, John, we have been heading two programs. I initiated my job profile, getting through a lower level of coaching, got through it, and fortunate enough to take up the ladder and now head two projects which are aimed towards the women upliftment inside the society, especially the racialized immigrant women. What exactly goes through that is helping them imbibe the intricacies, the upskilling which they require to transition into the Canadian job place. Also alongside acquainting them with the diversity, equity and inclusion, which is the backbone of the Canadian workplace culture. Helping them understand what goes into application of a job, which is not just ended at the time you apply with the papers through a job. It is a huge process. It is an elongated process which gets carried forward in the form of you getting through the job place, imbibing the culture of the job place and understanding what has to be done from your end 
to make it a better team, to make it a better collaborative effort. So that's what we are doing on that end. Also providing free DEI trainings to the employers. And that's the kind of work we brought forward. The programs have been funded by the ESDC Canada and the Government of Canada in partial. And it's been a great journey trying to know over the kind of spaces these people come from. These women have great credentials to their names. But when it comes to bringing it forward or communicating, that's what we are doing. We are polishing the diamonds and bringing it forward to the world. And also because I have had my experience through the last 10 years volunteering for the Art of Living Foundation. So I've been a faculty for the meditation and the yoga practices. So my entire zone was working for the women. Most of it, why? Because I had taken my ICF credentials also with the women empowerment and have been an active participant when it comes to prison smart courses helping the inmates in the prison, helping them get back with their families, helping them understand what exactly life is. So that has been the most of the research work and the most of the volunteer work which I've done through my lifetime. And it comes from an innate want to work for the society. I would always underline this. It is a monotonous feeling for most of the people who might hear it again and again. But I felt that every time when I'm mentioning, it might strike a one or a two. And if I can create that kind of an effect, if it leaves that kind of an impact on the people who are listening, then it'll create ripples again. It'll create a magnificent, magnified effect. When people talk about it, they'll imbibe something and something great will come forward. So many things that you're doing. And it touch on a couple of things that you mentioned. One being that when it comes to finding a job, the process doesn't stop by just when you put in the application, but also afterwards, once you're actually hired. And I think that this is something that is extremely important to emphasize because there is so much out there in terms of finding work, but it's also keeping a hold of that work and being able to grow. And it's not just for the person who's been hired, but also for the businesses who hire them as well to retain that talent and to help newcomers and others to thrive in those positions that they get. I would want to talk more about, you might have heard about quite quitting. People might have heard about the great resignation. People might have heard about the rising attrition levels. So I would always want to bring it for that. It is not just the organization's needs or organization's lack of training and development which leads to such kind of situations arising in a kind of a working scenario. But at the same time, sometimes people in a rush People in a desperation to achieve a certain job position, a certain job title, would want to just apply for a job irrespective of the fact that their skills do not match up. The skill set is not correctly fitting up into the jigsaw puzzle, which you're actually solving reading a job description aloud. So the time people are actually spending upon their reading of the job descriptions, reading about the company, reading about the organization they're wanting to connect with is a little lower than what action should be spent on it. I probably feel that the hiring manager and the people who are applying for the jobs need to come on the same page, need to understand the cost of training and development, which goes into it. It's a humongous cost, which has been incurred on the training and development of the new hirees. So everybody needs to come up with a zone that the budgeting is the main deal when it comes to the upliftment of the economics altogether. 
your economics needs to be set out in place. The economy needs to have a good budgeting for the training and development. And at the same time, that needs to be used by the hiring at the right places. You're spending a lot of budget. The company has a lot of budget spent on the training and development. And one fine day, the new hurry feels that I'm not a good fit for this organization. So that everything goes for a toss. So this needs to be curbed up to a great extent. The people who are applying need to keep away the desperation, need to keep away the hassle and think of it. Application for the job is also a job in itself. When you get through the entire application system, when you're putting through the jobs, your credentials, your resumes and your cover letters are used for the job applications. This entire thing should be considered a great input putting into your life. And a larger part should be spent upon introspecting. Is that exactly the job I wanted? Is that the exact visualization I have for myself five years from now? Is that the exact thing which I want to come to my bladder, into my zone? If that is not the agenda, I would always say that the results will always be negative for the organization as well as the person. So that needs to be aligned a little more. That needs to come in face with, and that needs to be kept to check upon. Excellent point that you make about visualizing what it is that you want and what your goals are. Then we can be more aware and, and be more intentional with what we do. True that. So strategically planning the entire thing and always, whenever it comes to the consumption of the social media, I always feel people should have a tab upon the consumption they're taking in. This is the time. This is the amount I'm going to consume. This is the amount I'm going to create. So always have your creation more than your consumption. Most of the times where we actually become flawed is the time when the creation is lesser than the consumption. You're consuming from ends and you're having inputs coming in from all the places. Those inputs create a chaos in the mind. Then the strategic planning goes for a toss with that thing happening. So such as the workflow that probably with so much consumption, you're not able to make decisions which are backed by a kind of thought about process, which are not backed by great assumptions, which are not backed by great predictions. Mind has a tendency to predict. You will have trends and you will be a great predictor yourself. So everybody I feel is a great predictor of their own life at least. So for that matter, keeping a tab on the type of consumption you're having in from the social media sites and the kind of inner circle which you have. A man is known by the sum total of the five people he actually accompanies through the day. So those five people, that inner circle needs to be very strong, needs to be something which is bringing out the best in you. So that's my take on this particular notion that consumption needs to be lesser than your creation. Considering what it is that you get from the relationship and, and of course what you give as well. So is there anything that I haven't asked that you would like to touch upon? So when it comes to Canada, I always put my clients under analogy or a story. There's this very famous monk who's been into his spiritual uh, legacy for a while. And there's this man who is in awe of that particular monk and he sees it as the ultimate goal of his life to be with that monk for a little time. And one fine day while crossing through the monk's place of residence, he's called inside by the monk to have supper and a bowl is served in front of him, with, which has soup. And while actually gulping the soup inside, he sees that the bowl has a snake in it. But because his ultimate goal was to meet the monk once, he's all zipped up his lips and he tries to gulp it in one go. But as soon as he leaves the premises of the monk's house, 
he is just puking he's just throwing out he's not feeling good and he thinks as he's about to die once he realizes that the monk has got superpowers let me return to him and ask him what exactly went wrong and could he actually rectify this thing somehow because of the powers he possesses so he gets down in and the monk again asks him to accompany him for dinner and he's unable to ask for help he sits down on the same position gets through the bowl again and again when he's about to take his soup there's a snake inside the soup bowl so when he's about to gulp this soup again he says now it's not done i've got a snake in my bowl and that was there in the afternoon too while we were having our lunch do something about it i'm going to die the monk just puts him forward he says just come and sit with me on my bed and then have your food while he's about to raise his bowl he says there's no snake and when the monk puts it up puts his finger up on the top of the ceiling on the ceiling is a beautiful painting of a snake the reflection of which gets into the soup bowl and when he realizes that it was just the reflection of the painting the entire throwing up and the entire puking gets okay and he's fine to go with his life nothing bothers him anymore so this is the snake in the ceiling which has actually brought us down at most of the trains and it's a mind's reflection of how you're seeing canada is a wonderful land it has brought laurels to many people it has given the space to many people to bring their uh, credentials up and about bring out the best in them and why take it the wrong way when you actually made it your own motherland up to some extent into your brain the brain has actually wired itself accordingly but it's the snake in the ceiling which is putting most of us down which is there with the reflection of which we feel that we are not being embraced fully but that's not the truth the truth is something different the perspective needs to change a little and the life will be wonderful on this wonderful land that's a wonderful story to finish up on just before we wrap up for people who want to get in touch with you what's the best way to do that So I am available on my LinkedIn profile by the name of Tanvi Sakija. Other than that, I've been running my own consulting business by the name of Kiran Sinha. There's a history behind the name as well. I wanted to take up a Spanish word, which actually brings out the point where a person draws his or her strength from. So that's Kiran Sinha Consulting Inc., where they can reach out to me. I'm very much readily available to answer to any queries for the people who are needing me at the toughest times in their lives. I would be glad and thrilled to be of any help to the people around. Thank you, John, for taking up this particular feature and helping me come out with my ideas, come out with my perceptions, and allowing me the space to be me. Thank you so much, John. Thank you very much for sharing all of your insights. your experiences and your analogies to help the audience think more about their mindset and how essential that is to succeed not just to adapting to Canada to any part of their life really appreciate you taking the time to do that thank you for embracing us with all your heart out thank you for having us here thank you for being there and providing the opportunity the wonderful opportunity to all people around you and bringing up the best in all of the inner circle which you possess in the inner circle you're giving your best thank you and kudos to you for your future endeavors as well
that was part two of the conversation with Tanvi and inspiring. I can say when you take both parts together, the, the devotion that she has to giving back based on her own experiences from teaching as a coach, it's very impressive. I had the opportunity to collaborate with her recently with an event for Achieve and the great energy there. And I'm sure that Tanvi has a big part to do with that. It was a great pleasure to have you on, Tanvi. Our next episode of Intercultural Insiders, part one of a two-part conversation with Matthias Hallberg. Matthias has a great deal of experience working across cultures. He is a cross-cultural manager and IT executive, and he has a lot of experience working in multiple countries around the world. Some of the things that we talk about include the smorgasbord of culture and the sense that, according to Matthias, you won't know what you truly enjoy unless you try it. Also, bridging communication gaps. Matthias shares his insights, uh, emphasizing the need for more listening and subtlety in expressing opinions when dealing with certain cultures, as he's had a great deal of experience working in Japan and is currently located in Japan. Also, the art of saving face. And he shares a, a humorous anecdote about a Swedish supplier in a Japanese company, highlighting the cultural nuances of indirect communication and the importance of maintaining trust and relationships. And finally, we explore the implications of speaking up in different cultures and how it can affect team dynamics. And certainly these apply to Canada as well because of the multicultural society that we are in in the workplaces that you're going to be in if you are coming to Canada. So I encourage you to tune in for part one of the two-part conversation with Matthias Hallberg. Until then, keep navigating your way between cultures towards your goals.